Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Teacher of the Film Buff podcast. This is episode 10, and this week what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a deep dive into the Toy Story franchise 1, 2, 3, and 4, which I saw last night, and it was magnificent. So I'm going to basically go from the top, start with the first movie in 1995, work my way casually down all the way to the final line in the series overall but let's start right there with the 1995 toy story the the movie that basically launched the pixar uh, studio um essentially launched the new cgi animation type that was uh beginning there in the late 90s and really that's pretty much the only type of animation we get nowadays um besides uh you know leica with their stop motion and occasionally a hand-drawn short animated film every now and then but uh toy story the, the the first movie i would say is one of the defining pillars of my childhood in loving movies um you have movies like lion king space jam um i mean maybe you could throw in the first second batman movie I mean, if you can consider 14 year old thomas being still shaped by movies at that point in time if that's still being a child, I'm not sure, but I would say Toy Story is one of the main movies that uh, I rewatched as a kid. I can't tell you how many times I've rewatched this movie and Lion King as well. Um, by far, it's the movie I've most rewatched in the, in the Toy Story franchise, I should say. Um, in the, it's amazing because the movie is incredibly short. It's 80 minutes, probably about 77 without the credits. Um, just a tight script. Um, using its characters impeccably well everyone gets their time to shine um and it's a concept that is something that you'd think in hindsight should have been thought of decades before but it's also an incredibly creative concept as well the idea that you know toys come to life i as far as i know in, in cinema history this wasn't something that's been tackled beforehand so and of course now you have movies like secret life of pets that are taking that idea and shoving it into the ground and just doing all sorts of dumb illumination style uh horrible jokes horrible story point i mean it's just i, I can't stand those movies but uh back to toy story and, and i love that the, the villain it's the only real villain in the entire toy story series by the way this is full spoilers for all four movies uh, I, it's it's hard to believe this is pretty much the only movie that actually has a human as a villain per se um and that's sid you know the, the next door neighbor who tortures toys and you know does what he likes with them in in his backyard blowing them up and, and ripping them apart taking his sister's toys and uh you know taking their heads off and putting them on different toys to to make it you know look horrific for his younger sister um so, some kind of dark stuff you know uh some really dark stuff that pixar is kind of working out in this movie and kind of seeing if it if it works and which is kind of what Pixar has done for decades now is kind of, uh, you know, show dark material, tackle uh, deeper and, and more meaningful themes in a, you know, in a childish, I shouldn't say childish way, but you know what I mean? It's um, more accessible to children, but really their movies are always been made for adults. Um, and, and this movie in itself kind of changed the way I even look at toys. I remember when I was younger, um, you know, I, I, you know, I had a Woody and, and Buzz, 
you know, action figure. I remember writing, you know, my name on the bottom of, of my toy's feet uh, with permanent marker, just like Andy does with Woody and Buzz. Um, and, and I remember kind of making sure they were all lined up on my bed at night to, uh, you know, and not on top of each other so that they could breathe, you know, as if toys would actually come alive, you know, that type of thing. That This type of movie is just very impactful in a, in a way for a child. I'm sure it still is, you know, to this day. And um, it, I think if we're going by favorites, I think Toy Story may, and I might change this as we get deeper into this conversation, but the first Toy Story may be my favorite. Um, the ending, in, in the entire ending sequence when they're, you know, chasing the, the, the moving truck in, in the street. It's just so beautiful and gorgeous and vivacious. Um, you know, as, as they're they're riding on uh, the, the race car toy and, and trying to use the, the, the rocket that's on top of or on back of uh, Buzz and uh, basically flying back into the movie. Truck. Just a really, really well-directed sequence. Um, really well shot as well. And that kind of just... That gives you a, a good sense of the, the type of direction that this series um, will have with 2, 3, and 4. And, and to me, there's no other franchise in Pixar that's been this well-directed, used this many characters um, in a way that's effective and, and not just like throwaway characters. We'll get in that a little bit more with Toy Story 4, um, but, but that's the first Toy Story to me basically perfect um just so rewatchable one of the most rewatchable movies of all time and top 15 of my favorite films easily uh, of all time so then we go into toy story 2 which if i'm not mistaken came out in 1999 um funny thing is is it was originally supposed to be a direct to dvd um movie they were not going to release this in theaters much like they you know weren't releasing any of the sequels to their classic disney movies and theaters. You have Lion King 2. I think there was a Cinderella 2 made during that time. I'm sure there was a Little Mermaid 2. Uh, I know there was two Aladdin sequels. Um, you know, it, well, there's a Pocahontas 2, a Beauty and the Beast, I think, mid-equal or prequel. There was some sort of, I remember something that they used to air on Disney Channel for Beauty and the Beast as well. Just so many of those sequels that did not get theatrically released. And of course, this is Pixar, so it's a little bit different than just Disney. But still, Disney was was distributing these movies, so um, it's so fascinating to think that this movie was only going to be, you know, just straight to home video watch. You know, you can't imagine looking back now how much money that movie made. I mean, how dumb of a mistake that that would have been. And if it was a direct video, would we have gotten to Toy Story three or Toy Story four at this point? So it's uh, fascinating to to think about that. And this movie, because it's kind of sandwiched in between one and three, it's always been my least rewatched and, and least favorite which is you know i love all these movies but it, it it's just it to me it's clearly lesser than the other th than the other uh three movies um there's still great things about it and it definitely was better on rewatch this week when i was uh going back and and viewing it for the first time in maybe a decade um and that kind of it, to me the villain, the the villains of these movies kind of make whether or not I how much I enjoy the film. It's like I love Sid in the first movie because it's just perfect. Uh, I love the villain in Toy Story three, which we're going to talk about, um, and I love the way that they did the direction of the villain or antagonist 
in uh, Toy Story 4 as well. But, but what I actually like, I don't really like the prospector voiced by Kelsey Grammer in this movie. I'm not a huge fan of that character. I just think it's very cold and it's not like, it, you could be a cold villain, but you could still be relatable or you could still, you know, connect to the villain in a way. Um, this one, not so much for me. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't know. There's something about something about his story and how he's in a box essentially almost for what, 85% of the movie. It just doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me, um, but I do, however, love the addition of Jesse, and um, oh god, I'm blanking on the the horse's name. What is, what is the the, the horses? Uh, Ride them like the wind, cow. Oh my gosh! But anyway, I, I do I love the addition of the new characters in this movie. I love I love the the other antagonist in this movie, the the, the, the toy collector who I mean it's a perfect. It's it's another perfect villain for a a Toy Story movie having a, essentially a huge nerd who works across the street, um, you know, steal the toy Woody from from the garage sale. It just that seems that is so realistic, and he wants to sell them to Japan to put them on display and make all this money off these toys. I, I it's so brilliant. Um, that 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 I can't I can definitely um, you know get behind um, a bullseye bullseye's the, the the horse that's what I was thinking of um, but uh, certainly um, the the uh, the antagonist Al uh, I do love more than Prospector and that scene with it you know he's sleeping at night with the Cheeto hands I remember specifically watching that as a as a kid you know amazed by the animation on screen with all the cheetos on the ground you know you have woody and bullseye trying to walk through the cheetos and not make noise at night um to wake up al as they're you know they're trying to escape there and i do love that they, they, they another you know they tackle some dark themes again here it's it's really the kind of the beginning of this series tackling the toys you know mortality in the world and and um, kind of you know, what does it mean to be a toy it's kind of the beginning of that it's been a theme for pretty much all the movies but uh, I, you know I love the introduction there and it's interesting um, to take a look at back at the uh, prospector character who essentially kind of warns Woody of what's going to happen in Toy Story 3 like he's the one who even mentions something like you know what are you going to do when Andy goes off to college you know you're not going to be his toy anymore at that point he's essentially telling him the plot of Toy Story 3 even if that movie wasn't in development for another eight nine years you know at that point in 1999 so uh you know I thought that was interesting I love the the sequence of the, the buzz and the rest of the the gang walking across the street in the cones I remember vividly playing uh the Toy Story video game on the computer having to do that scene it was like a frogger so I, I love that 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 sequence as well um Let's see, what else do we got here? Um, well, I, I guess I should mention, you know, Jessie and her backstory. Um, oh, man, just devastating. But the, the song played in the background of how she was accidentally left at the um, the park and and then never came back. And then, uh, or she, you know, no, no, she wasn't left. The, I'm thinking of Lotso for a second there. No, no, Jessie was actually pushed underneath the bed, kind of stuck under there for years while her, her child grew up and then, this was forgotten about essentially and um, just brutal, brutal stuff and, and dark, again, just dark themes that this franchise is, is taking on. But um, so, so Toy Story 2, still great, 
just not as great as the first one. And, and uh, another, you know, another scene with Toy Story 2 that I, I remember loving as a kid was the scene when the guy comes in and fixes Woody and cleans him. Oh, just the animation in that scene, just, oh, just so beautiful to watch. But anyway, let's get into Toy Story 3 since I already kind of mentioned Lotso and the, uh, his backstory of being left at a park and with um, the other toys there. Um, interesting premise for this movie as well because you have, um, again, they're tackling their own mortality. This is the, the premise that Prospector warned Woody about. Um, you have the, the toys, you know, kind of accidentally finding their way to the daycare, being, you know, at this point in Andy's life, he's not playing with toys anymore, so do they do they stay at the daycare and live their new life, or do they go back to Andy, um, you know, even though he's most likely just going to leave him in the attic, like, what, what is you know what, what? What do you what do you say in that situation? Are you accepting essentially your death, or are you, um, or are you going to try to find a new life? Um, so I really loved that uh, element of it as well in Toy Story Three. And and this was an interesting one, especially because it came out in twenty ten. So at this point, I'm already sixteen. I'd already grown up with these movies, um, but seeing this movie is so nostalgic. Um, but also came out at a perfect time because, you know, I'm glad that they're not doing the Incredibles thing and having a sequel 13, 14, 15 years later or whatever and just picking up right where the last one left off. I love that there's time that went by in between Toy Story 2 and, and Toy Story 3. And, you know, once they get to the daycare, the, the movie essentially becomes like the great escape of animated movies. You know, the, the movie with Steve, Steve McQueen, um, it's essentially like a jailbreak, almost Inception-style um, you know, mission, not necessarily with like the dreams or anything like that, but you have all these different teams of characters teaming up and, uh, you know, accomplishing their goal of getting out of the daycare alive together, just everyone doing their separate tasks and, and missions. Um, just again, this is once again a prime example of how great these movies are directed. You can just handle so many characters, um, and you can get away with it. I mean, you can get away with having to... I mean, I, I don't want to bring up the show because I think it's just so off-topic, but you have a show like The Flash or even Arrow to a certain extent having eight to nine main characters, and they don't know how to handle you know, all those characters, and they have 23 hours a, a year to, to tell that story. These, these movies have you know, one hour, 20 minutes to one hour, 40 minutes to tell the complete story, and they manage to do it really well. So... I thought that that was uh, that's on rewatch. That's one of the, one of the things that stands out the most with uh, Toy Story three. But we should get into Lotso here because this is probably the first. I mean, you have Prospector in the second one, but this is the first villain that really, really, really sticks out in the series because Sid is is kind of an afterthought until he's until they're actually captured by Sid. He's just kind of there in the the other yard. Um, you're really just focused on the toys and getting back to Andy, but Lotso is like a threat um, to these characters. He's got this whole daycare locked down. He's got um, you know guys on, on the watch at night. He's got his monkey in the camera room. Um, so this guy, I mean, this guy's a, a threat, voiced by I think Ned Beatty. Um, so I love that he's essentially the opposite uh, of Woody in in many ways. He's he's he would be a similar character to Woody. You know, he was the leader of his group of toys if he didn't, 
you know, get left at the park. Like it's it's essentially like the Joker, the Joker to Batman, Lotso's Joker to Woody's Batman type of story. You know, it's it's um, it's you know yin yang type of story. So I love that as well. Um, I mean, you have so many little tiny gags in this movie that are great. You know, the Spanish demo buzz, which is hilarious. I remember my theater going nuts when that first uh, happened, when I first saw it back in 2010. Um, You have the tortilla version of Potato Head. Um, You have Mrs. Potato Head's eyes stuck in Andy's room, so she's only seen half of what's going on. But then that's kind of how they figure out that Andy is... um, not Andy is missing where his toys are. He wasn't planning on putting them uh, or throwing them out, per se. Um, so just just great directing, great writing. No wonder why this movie was nominated for Best Picture. Um, and, and after the pass-off, after they get out of the daycare, then they get stuck in the incinerator. And my God, they're freaking holding each other's hands as they fall to their deaths, I mean, essentially. I mean, how... It, how does it you have animated movies like this that are tackling that and then you you look at something like and i like the minions and the despicable me movies but it's amazing that like it's the same short as genre i guess or you know type of film is animated when you have movies that are kind of just dumb fun and you have deep and profound stories like toy story 3 uh, coming out in the same sort of art form so it's fascinating and i love that the last Essentially, the last lines of the movie and, and what you think are going to be the last lines of the actual series are, um, you know, Andy looking back at the toys with Bonnie and saying, you know, thanks, guys. Thanks for all those memories, all those years. Um, and that's really the audience saying that to the toys as well. And and then Woody saying it back to Andy and saying it back to the audience. Yeah, so long, partner. Um, if that was going to be the end, and for a long time we thought it was going to be the end, that's such a perfect way to go, and I'm so I'm so happy that they chose the way they did it like that. I'm so also so happy they waited nine years to make Toy Story Four, which will jump. I'll just jump right into the to that discussion now as well. Is that why did we need the sequel? But this is these are the questions I was asking for a long time. Why do we need this? You know, I'm excited. Do I love Toy Story? Do I am I confident Pixar will make a good movie? Yeah, sure I am. But do we need it? No, we didn't need it. It was already we already had the passing of the torch. We already had Andy, you know, passing his toys back to Bonnie. We didn't need any sort of you know more uh, you know conclusion or, or closure with these characters, or did we? Because this movie, while I was completely skeptical. I can't imagine the series not having Toy Story 4 now. And uh, and that's what you call a studio doing its job. You have a movie nobody really needed to see. nobody Maybe not nobody wanted to see, but nobody needed to see this movie. Um, and now I seriously, I need to go back and rewatch it because I can't, I can't imagine the series of movies without it. You know, I, w- I was going to buy a trilogy box set of the, the Toy Story 4K if they had it, but they, you know, they didn't have it. And they probably didn't have it because... It doesn't really, it, you know. Now you need you need the quadrilogy. You need all four movies in the box set. Um, so again, can't imagine without it. Now this is Woody's arc coming full circle of the first movie when he doesn't want Buzz to, you know, to come into his own family. He doesn't welcome him in. Um, mirroring it now with Forky being the new toy that Bonnie creates, and 
um, and, and wants to, to bring into you know her new family of toys per se and, and Woody's completely welcoming I mean how great of a, of a character arc is that when he starts out hating Buzz wanting to be the number one toy to now bringing in Forky and ultimately we'll get into it but ultimately he's accepting that he's no longer the top dog he's accepting his death as a toy of a, a child he's, he's accepting his, his fate as a, a, a lost quotation marks toy um, so just, I mean, fascinating, fascinating stuff. The fact that they would actually, you know, make that his character arc. And I would say, and I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to say this now, but I would say that closes the door on the series. I don't, again, we said this after Toy Story 3, but I don't think we need a Toy Story 4 after this. But back into Forky, um, I think that this... It kind of brings up what I was talking about earlier about how this series has always been good, you know, jumbling and, and juggling all these, you know, different characters. So in this movie, they introduce you to Forky, voiced by uh, Tony Hale. Keanu Reeves voices Duke Kaboom. You have Combat Carl. You have Gabby Gabby. You have Ducky and Bunny. Giggle McDimples. Billy, Goat, and Gruff. And the Ventrilogist dummies named Benson. There's a lot of new... And these are just the new toy characters. I mean, you have a lot of other characters that are introduced as well of human form. But these are just the new toy characters that are introduced. That is so many different characters to, to juggle. And this is the only part of the movie that I thought... <sighs> struggle is maybe a, a strong word, but... It wasn't strongest when it was trying to juggle all the characters this time around. This is the only movie out of the series that I think was struggling a little bit. Because you have significant portions of the movie where Jesse, um, uh, where Jesse, Rex, the Potato Heads, um, you know, they're just, they're not, Jesse Bullseye as well, uh, they're not in the movie that much. And, and Ham... Um, slinky like they, they have their moments and they have little bits of scenes here and there but really this is this is Woody's story with Buzz and and Bo Peep you know Bo Peep's introduced back after not being in the, the series it's Toy Story 2 so it's it's tough because I would have liked to see if this is the last Toy Story movie I would have liked to see a little bit more story with uh, the core characters besides Woody and Buzz uh, and Bo Peep, you know, you know, as much as I, I, I don't really have any complaints about any of the new characters, especially even Gabby Gabby. Uh, I think the way they rounded out her arc, uh, voiced by Christina Hendricks, I think was really touching. Actually, the, the part of the movie where I started to tear up a little bit is when she finally finds her uh, human that actually cares about her, the child that's lost in the in, in the amusement park. So. I thought that that was really touching and certainly a great new character. All the great, all the char new characters are great, but I'm surprised that you know Jesse and, and Bullseye and the rest of the the main crew kind of take a back seat uh, for a while in the movie. But that's not to say that this movie is nothing but extraordinary because it really is. Um, Bo Peep is a freaking badass. Uh, love the new animation on her. I love that she has like this, you know, little uh, electronic skunk. That, that gets her through the crowds of humans just right away. You know, you don't have to, you know, sneak around as a toy like Woody does for all these movies. You just have the skunk running through the crowd, uh, kind of, uh, 
you know, mechanical skunk that they're hiding underneath and they, you know, create it with, um, uh, what's her name? Giggle McDimples and, um, got her other, her other friend there. Oh, well, I mean her, her sheep, I guess her, her other companions, but, uh, so the great stuff, great stuff there. Um, I love the flashback that kind of gives you the, the backstory of why Bo Peep kind of went missing and cause you never really get it in Toy Story 3. They kind of mention it. it's like a throwaway line. Um, but so that, that was really great. Uh, again, Gabby Gabby's arc was, was fantastic. Keanu Reeves, his dude Kaboom was awesome. You have like a, a 20 to 30 second scene of him just doing like, uh, you know, lines like, like that. To me, there's no other actor that I that I would be laughing my ass off seeing do that in, in a voiceover video than Keanu Reeves. And I love all the, the the stories about how he signed on to this movie, how he was on board right away, how when he heard about this with the directors when he was eating lunch in this massive uh, cafeteria with a bunch of people, he just jumped on the table and started uh, spitting out lines as Duke Kaboom. I think it's hilarious. Keanu Reeves is a national treasure. So I, you couldn't go wrong with anything he did in this movie. I think his character, Duke Kaboom, is a great addition, great side character that doesn't get introduced until about an hour in, but you feel um, you feel all of his scenes emotionally, comically. Um, so great stuff there. Um, and, you know, I saw this. I saw some comparisons online between Lotso and uh, Gabby Gabby, and there is, to a certain extent, you know, some correlations you can make with their backstories about how they were, you know, just forgotten toys that had child or children previously, and they kind of they want to get that back, or they're jealous of the the people who do. But I like the flip that they did with Gabby. Gabby, she's she's only really an antagonist, never really a villain. There really isn't a villain in this movie, and I I, I did actually like that a lot. Um, I mean, Key and Peel do a great job as Ducky and uh, Bunny. They have great lines. Um, Buzz Lightyear has this new thing that he does. It's not, you know, maybe it's not as good as the demo Spanish Buzz. I kind of actually like it more. But in this movie, he's, um, you know, he gets the advice from Woody that he's taking his consciousness, his voice inside of him, and kind of using that as, as good advice for him. And then Buzz, oh, the voice inside of me. What do you mean? So he presses his buttons and hears his voice, and that's kind of his inner thoughts throughout the entire movie hilarious but also kind of touching stuff from him um but let's let's get to the the final 10 minutes because that's where the movie to me just uh i'm getting emotional even thinking about it but it it's it takes off and it takes off emotionally almost as much as toy story 3 does um and and that's when woody decides to stay with bo peep at the the carnival or amusement park when he finally decides to let go of of who he is uh as, as like the main head of the, the toys you see him earlier on in the movie with some of bonnie's toys kind of relinquishing the, the the title of you know, bossing people or not bossing people around but directing you know the toys what to do he kind of steps back so like, oh wait no that's not you know that's not my job anymore and I, I is there a better arc in cinema history over four movies than woody's um how would they manage to still make you feel this you know emotional resonance resonance uh, with his character throughout this movie after we already did feel it in toy story 3 is beyond remarkable um and man those final goodbyes on top of the the car there to 
to all the toys, those final hugs between everybody, Woody and Buzz's final hug. Oof. Uh, yeah, that that was that was pretty difficult in the in the theater to say the least. Um, watching that go down, I I certainly certainly teared up and and almost started actually crying um, when that happened. It's very reminiscent, and maybe it helped that I did rewatch you know the three movies previously within the net within the last two or three days before I saw the movie, so I had all that built up emotion and character arcs over the the last four movies and last 24 years worth of material certainly couldn't have hurt um but man i just again i don't know how they how they make another one after this i feel like this is the end right this this is this has got to be the end um and i didn't even all these movies i didn't even bring up randy newman's music in in all of his his amazing songs that he wrote and sung for these movies. And, oh, man, you got a friend in me. I mean, that song will forever be one of the great cinematic um, creations of, of all time. Uh, I should also briefly bring up Forky, which I, I did mention Tony Hale voicing. But I love his little quips in this movie with the, him being obsessed with going back to the trash because that's where he was made and that's where he's from. And uh, it's hilarious, but it's also incredibly touching that Woody kind of looks at him like his son and he takes care of him he's always watching over him and when he takes his eyes off him then he goes away and he gets nervous uh, and he freaks out because he lost his son briefly and then uh, just great stuff overall again uh, the emotional resonance that this movie gives you and closure is maybe unlike any other series in the history of films Um, and once again, you know, the last movie I said, the last two lines are thanks, guys, from Andy and so long, partner, from Woody. I really, really love that both Woody and Buzz share the last line. You know, they ask, you know, Buzz, like, Woody's just given up. He's becoming a lost toy. And Buzz is like, no, he's not a lost toy. And, you know, he never will be or whatever. To infinity. And then Woody finishes it and beyond. Oh, Whew, that's, wow, okay, yeah, that's, that's even tough to get through me just reciting those lines, and, and I'm just looking at a piece of paper when I wrote that down, I'm not actually looking at the, the screen with the characters saying it themselves, so, that's it, that's the, that's the recap of the Toy Story franchise as a whole, um, well, I guess we should probably do the final ranking, right, of, uh, the, the Toy Story series overall, so, here it goes, starting at number four, I would put Toy Story 2, um, starting or back to number three, I would probably put, at this point, Toy Story 4 is my third favorite. Um, that could change, but that's where I'm at right now. Uh, and if we're going, if this list is going by favorite, it's number four is Toy Story 2, number three is Toy Story 4, number two is Toy Story 3. And my number one film would be Toy Story. That's favorite. I think if we're just talking about best, I think the best movies uh, would probably be Toy Story 3 at the top, then Toy Story, then Toy Story 4, then Toy Story 2. But again, I mean, this is like... It, it's... I mean, this is Apple's day. I mean, it's, you're comparing the same sort of quality of movies. These They're all great I was tweeting about it the other day, but there's like 700-something reviews of these movies. 
and there's less than 10 negative for all four movies. There's less than 10 negative reviews for all four movies over 24 years. That's something that may never be accomplished again. And I, I have to I have to tip my cap. Tip my cap to Woody. Tip my cap to the rest of the franchise here. Wow. Great series of movies. Uh, had fun talking about them one more time here. I can imagine I'll probably rewatch the series again once Toy Story 4 comes out on, on 4K. Um, next week will probably be a top 10 movies of the year so far since we're basically at the halfway point of the year. So we'll see where I go with that. We'll see maybe it'll be top 15, top 20. I'm not sure yet, but uh, that's what we're looking at. So until next time, thanks.